0: Social Impact CX, the podcast that helps you drive mission and make a difference with customer experience. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Social Impact CX podcast. I'm John Corrigan, and I'll be your guide to how you can drive mission and achieve social impact with customer experience work. This is episode 31 of Social Impact CX. And again, as always, I really do appreciate that you're listening. Thanks. This episode of Social Impact CX is specifically focused on an important subject that I don't think you always hear about as an initial consideration in customer experience work, but that is really important and should be a key consideration right up front at the beginning of any CX initiative, in my opinion. I'm talking about the subject of cultural differences. After all, how can you really gain empathy for someone, someone you'd like to help, if you've not taken into account key cultural differences That are critical to understanding that person and their experiences. Your client or beneficiary or customer or patient or whomever it is that you're working to serve. So to explore this topic of cultural differences, I've enlisted the help of an expert. Sabine Harnow is based in Amsterdam in the Netherlands and she's done extensive work in the UK as well as around the world. She runs a consultancy called From Scratch Communications that is focused on customer-centric message strategy. And at the core of her work, Sabine brings a focus to cultural differences. I was so glad to connect with Sabine as a customer-centric professional based in Europe. And it's really great to go transcontinental with Social Impact CX for the first time with a kindred spirit in Amsterdam. I, I know that there are Social Impact CX listeners in the Netherlands, and so I find it very exciting to have Sabine on Social Impact CX as the first interview conducted outside of the U.S. that I've done. I think Sabine's global experience really provides some great insights in planning for and then accommodating for cultural differences. And while it might be easy to understand how you need to make adjustments in your work when projects span countries such as the Netherlands and Germany and France and the U.K., for everyone in the United States, I think it's just as important to consider cultural differences when working across geographies, New York, California, Texas, the Midwest. And, you know, cultural differences certainly go well beyond geography, especially when you consider gender or generational differences or any other number of cultural categories. At the end of the day, gaining empathy to better serve a key group of customers or beneficiaries is most likely an exercise in creating a better understanding, and more empathy related to cultural differences. That is, if, if you really want to be successful. I had an interesting conversation with Sabine recently and have broken the conversation into two episodes. Episode 31 is the first part of our discussion uh, about why cultural differences matter for customer experience work. That's among other subjects we cover. Part two of the discussion will be in a second episode, and I'll be posting that soon. And before we get to Sabine, I can't forget about my moment of gratitude that I always include at the beginning of every episode for Social Apex CX. I have to say that I'm indeed grateful for Twitter, because without the global reach of Twitter, I probably would not have crossed paths with Sabine. And so for that global reach and the ability to connect with each other, uh, wherever it is that you're located, I'm very grateful for this powerful platform Uh, That Twitter provides, you know, we have social platforms in our lives and I think people forget about how uh, amazing it is that we can all connect when we find a common interest and common bonds. And so without further delay, here's part one of my conversation on cultural differences and customer experience work with Sabine Harnow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Social Impact CX podcast. I'm very pleased to welcome Sabine Harnow to Social Impact CX. Sabine is a copywriter and a trainer based in Amsterdam, and she speaks both German and English fluently. I think she does fairly well with Dutch as well. Uh, Sabine is founder of a consultancy called From Scratch, and she has done work around the world. In fact, Sabine has done many things over the years notably including a fairly significant portion of her career with Lego, the the global toy company Lego. But these days she's rather focused on advising her clients on customer-centric messaging strategy. So before I go much further, I'll let Sabine say hello and tell us a bit more about her background and what she focuses on in her work.
1: Well, hello, um, and thank you, John, for this um, extremely lovely introduction. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, great. Thank you. And I'm very happy to be on your podcast and talk a bit about uh, global customer experience and uh, cultural differences. So you said um, to tell you a bit more about my background and what I focus on. I think that's best summarized by saying I help change makers communicate with people who are quite different from them. And uh, typically, I do that through one-on-one coaching, team workshops, or copywriting projects. And that started around two years ago when I started from scratch, because um, that's my company name, because I was frustrated with agency life. Um, I was really keen to work with fewer people, more hand-selected clients who do things that I really admire, and I also wanted to do my best work, and that to me always starts from scratch rather than with copy pasting best practice.
0: That is great. Um, anything else about your, your background? What, what did sure. What with Lego?
1: So yeah, at the time when I started my own uh, company, I'd already um, collected a few years of experience working agency side. And before that, I'd started and led the first copy team at uh, Lego customer service globally. So I knew what it's like to be the client as well which was for me the perfect background for building my own boutique business where customer experience comes first
0: that's great i, I think it's always uh my background before I've, before recording social facts cx i'm working on my startup journey map um uh included i've i've been vice president of marketing for a couple of different um software companies and so i've hired a lot of agencies and i think people who have that experience from the agency side and the client side corporate world i think it's a great perspective to have so um all right so just for our listeners this is the first transcontinental recording uh (laughs) impact cx podcast sabine is calling in from amsterdam and i'd like to give a big shout out to all of the social impact CX listeners in the Netherlands, uh, I can see you on our analytics that we uh, that we follow. And so, thank you for joining. I always appreciate um, everyone from the Netherlands listening in. Um, so, Sabine, uh, you and I met in a very interesting way. I hope you don't mind if I share. Uh, so, no, not at all. Go so ahead. I, I was catching up on Twitter, and I discovered that I had gotten this really nice direct message from Sabine. Sabine had DM'd me about how she enjoyed the Social Impact CX podcast and how important it is to spread the word about good customer experience practices in the impact community. And of course, that's what Social Impact CX is all about. So I replied back to thank her for a message. And I asked, I I wanted to know what she might find interesting uh, for me to cover in future episodes of Social Impact CX. And Sabine suggested cultural differences, which I thought was a, a fantastic idea. So Sabine, um, since it was your suggestion, um, but I certainly agree with that, you know, I- I'd love to hear from you as to why cultural differences are so important to consider. In customer experience work, or as you put it, global customer experience work, I think it's a, I think it's a local issue too. Um, mm. It's country specific, and then and then even how would you define cultural differences? Uh, so if you could just share a little bit with us.
1: Yeah, that is a great question. And probably easiest if I got kind of go back to the very beginning, like the beginning of each one of us as humans. You know, we're always a product of two major influences: nature and nurture there's the dna our body the electrics the chemistry of how we function which is all mostly nature but as soon as we're born we're thrown into this ocean of impressions language touch food smells music customs how we're dressed or how we're swaddled as babies who cares for us if we're left crying picked up immediately all of those are just some examples of nurture and taken together all those shape a culture And as we grow up, we socialize along, you know, what's sometimes been called societal fault lines according to our ethnicity, geographic location, gender, religion, class, age, education. And they also overlap to a certain extent. So each one of us is a mix of subcultural influences and a unique individual at the same time.
0: Yeah. You touched on some things that are so important when you when you think of these societal fault lines, which you need to be conscious of when you're thinking about the experiences that someone's having with your organization, whatever service or product it is you're providing. If you really think about diversity and inclusion, it's hard to, I think, do work in the best way possible if you don't understand some of these fault lines. I think that's a, a great point.
1: Yeah. And the, I think what makes it so hard is that we're all products of our cultures. We swim in cultures, fish swim in water, it's kind of invisible visible to us. And that is where potential bias starts to creep in. And um, customer centricity is really in danger of getting lost. So it's not something where we, um, you know, we we don't want to be customer centric or we don't want to be inclusive and um, sensitive to diversity. It's just that our own bias and our own blindness sometimes creates that um, accidentally.
0: Well, I I agree with that. If you understand what customer experience work is all about, it is all about Empathy. It starts with empathy. And so uh, I think you're, you're laying the groundwork here for a really important fundamental concept to doing good customer experience work uh, and that cultural, understanding cultural differences, I think, is all about empathy, just like customer experience work is.
1: Yeah. So why I like to focus on cultural differences is because I think when you know about some trends and patterns, it's easier to see what is actually individual. And then you can, on the one hand, you can use trends to shape experiences for a certain subgroup or a geographical region, but then you also get to ask better questions. When you're working with individuals, you get a better entry point to a really customer centric approach. Um, And you get used to asking about the customer first as well, rather than uh, starting with imposing your own preference and your own bias on them.
0: Right. That's so important. Um, So you've worked with a lot of different organizations and have some really interesting experiences in your background. Do you you have any examples you can share about uh, good or bad about mistakes that you've seen that have happened from poor consideration of cultural differences or 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 good outcomes that have happened uh, by people focusing on cultural differences?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's uh, actually one of the things that I always pay attention to, and just recently uh, what I noticed is sometimes there's a bit of um, a misunderstanding around this, uh, you know, what is the individual and what is the the culture that people are in and what is politics and what is kind of historically grown. So uh, I always love to share these kind of stories just to bring it a little bit to life. Um, where I see the most good examples happening is when um, we're talking about a market that feels extremely different from the company's home ground. Like for example, if you're uh, based in Europe or America and you're selling to China or Singapore, then it's more likely that you'll at least um, be aware that there's a potential cultural difference and you'll prepare a little bit better for that. And I've seen that working with um, the project that I've been involved in like both at lego um, but also as an external advisor to other companies that are operating globally and what they always did to make it work really well is listening to local team members and local customers as well and really taking them seriously that said though even when it's really far away from your home ground, things can still go horribly wrong. I don't know if you saw that um, in the last couple of months, but there's this infamous Dolce & Gabbana video Uh, which is aimed at the Chinese market. So basically, Italian fashion company wants to advertise in China and creates a video showing Chinese women who are struggling to eat pizza and pasta with chopsticks. And to make it even worse, there's a man telling them how to do it right. It's horribly insensitive. It rightly caused a scandal. And I think it just shows how important it is if you do want to win the hearts and minds of people abroad to, and also, you know, from uh, gender also plays a role in this, of course. So I think uh, this one is just a really bad, bad example.
0: Wow. I, I I've not seen that commercial. I don't know that I'm the target Dolce and Gabbana market, Um, uh, but uh, um, that, that is, I mean, I think that's a, that's an important example of taking, there's so many aspects of of cultural, it's not just, um uh chinese versus italian versus u.s culture or whatever it's uh, there's many different layers to to that yeah um, so um,
1: always I, is yeah. yeah
0: i really liked your point about um in global organizations i i began my career uh, at accenture and, and work globally um i think the i think people sometimes forget about, you know, your local team members can be a great place to start. And if you're working in a nonprofit or impact organization that has a global footprint, um, chances are you have a great, uh, first feedback, uh, uh opportunity with your local team members. I think it's, you know, it's, it's always important to actually go talk to the actual target audience as well too locally. But, you know, sometimes if, if you, um, have uh, restrictions on resources or the ability uh, to actually achieve that reach to talk to people locally, you know, your team members are a great place to start. And then if you are going to talk to people locally, they're probably going to be the ones who can help you do that.
1: Yeah. And the lovely thing about them is they understand both sides of the equation, right? They know how your organization works and what your ethos is and um, you know how you what your internal culture is but they also know how that will resonate or not with the local culture and um, I mean we're talking mainly about geographical things now but I think this also applies when you're trying to reach a new target market within your local area like let's say you're um, an impact business that's traditionally reached mostly women and now you want to attract more men which um, is I think a big topic within the sustainability space Then talking to the male members of your team or even the husbands of the women buying from you or their their brothers or fathers or even their sons you know that might be a good starting point to have a conversation where there is some proximity to what you're already doing but then also you get that additional viewpoint um, in so you can make it less top down and more kind of inside out or bottom bottom up you know, involvement's always better. I think to, when, when you want to reach somebody new,
0: I would agree. And, you know, if somebody, um, doesn't have a huge budget and they are resource constrained, I think, uh, you know, leveraging your team, but then also there, there's a real collaboration effort to that, which I talked about a lot at social impact CX also mm. the opportunity to, um, uh, uh to collaboratively work to try and extend the reach of who you're getting input from is really important and you know I would say even partner organizations that, that may be somebody that you're working with in uh, a market or that is different than yours maybe you're partnering with somebody who's in a different aspect who works more so with men or who works in a different country that you haven't worked with as much you know there's opportunities there as well too and so yeah. Um, uh, you know, being resourceful and, and looking at how you get that um, input is so important. And the the important point, though, is getting as much input to gain as much empathy as you can. I think that's yeah. um, really important.
1: For sure. You need to really expose yourself to the culture you want to. Um Reach emotionally and where you want to resonate and I think there's different ways you know we've talked about the teams um, there's um, of course going there if, if, if it's possible for you to immerse yourself in that culture it's always a great way to do it but then you can also work with people who are a product of that culture as an external advisor like like me and various other people um, or you can you can also read up on things you know sometimes stories can really be a bridge between different cultures movies books um podcasts even where you hear people talk about their experiences. I think all of this can really help with bridge building.
0: Yeah. So what sort of, uh, um, I'm interested in how you advise a client, but how, what sort of uh, field or industries do you, are you working in with your consultants?
1: So I work in a really broad field. The, um, I don't really like to niche down on just one industry because, for, for two reasons. On the one hand, I like to get my hands dirty with lots of different things from financial services to, the, to fashion. You know, I've, I've kind of done it all. And I'm always excited about um, starting afresh. Um, and being that person who asks all the questions, I've actually found it very beneficial not to be um, a super-duper industry expert in just one industry for that reason. And the other thing is my clients actually quite like that I've got that breadth of experience and I can I can transfer knowledge between different industries. And I, they never feel like... Uh, my um, inf- interests might be conflicted because I only work with banks, and therefore, you know, I might have a secret favorite or something like that. It's just I, not likely to happen.
0: I think that is. I think that is great. I think that gets lost sometimes. I, I well, I try to advise. I spent twenty years in the for-profit technology world, and then five years in scaled nonprofit environment here in the states. And uh, I try to talk with people about how, especially if you're in an impact or nonprofit uh, environment, there are examples that you can borrow from other industries. You don't have to create the wheel. You don't have to just start from scratch because you're in this totally unique situation. Um, You know, many years ago, I found myself as um, pricing manager for a software company, and we really needed to do something totally new and different because we had entered a new and different market sector. my first go was uh, um, borrowing air, um, um, pricing promotions from the airline industry, which is quite different from software, but it's got the conversation going. And what we ended mm. up doing was, was totally different, but it, it it allowed us to take our brains and put them in a completely different place because the customers we were going after were in a completely different place than what we had been talking about previously. So,
1: Yeah. Um, So really, that's true. Yeah. And uh, I think also what it means is that when I start a project, I always start with asking a lot of questions. I never come with any like my, my, yeah, we all come with some sort of assumptions. I can't really say that I'm 100% assumption free, but the likelihood that I will bring assumptions based on my vast experience in this particular sector is lower. I mean, I will know about the regulations and the legal background that I need to know, but I will always go back to the drawing board and ask about this particular company and the, the, the client base of that particular company, right? right? Rather than just starting with assumptions, and I think that's a real plus.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. So, so when you are advising a client, and when it comes to the general concept of, of planning for cultural differences in your work, uh, or whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish, where do you start, what's, what's first?
1: Well, I've already mentioned asking questions, and I think that is also because my general approach to all my work is called conversion copywriting. It's not necessarily a term that's very well known, but it's the ideal bridge between cultures. Originally, conversion copywriting was termed conversion as in clicking a button, making a purchase, that kind of conversion. But I also like to use the term in the additional sense of also converting cultural concepts, a bit like the currency conversion or converting centimeters to inches. And uh, what really sets this approach apart is that it always starts with research. It's got a whole lot of UX practices baked in. And so each project starts with learning as much as I can, both about my client and their ideal audience. And that goes through books, academic research, music, films, other cultural artifacts, but most importantly, through one-on-one interviews and surveys and that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I always, even even when people just come to me for general advice, I always recommend that they should start there, because that's where you find um, the places that you need to start from scratch when you're building a new website or a new email sequence that sells some sort of idea or a product or a service, Um, yeah.
0: So do do clients typically have an understanding that they need to somehow adapt or evolve or change when it comes to cultural differences or uh, or is that something that you kind of help them through that journey?
1: Um, A little bit of both. Sometimes they are very aware, like for example, right now I'm working with a software engineer who's making software for a group of people who um, he's not a member of, like he just does, he has no direct experience of their work environment in which they would use the software and stuff. So he's very aware that these people that he's um, creating for and selling to, and whose practices he's he's trying to improve, are very very different from himself. But then sometimes um, I think the questions I ask in the very first conversation um, open up that that new space um, to think about the work the company is doing slightly differently and that then creates the awareness and also um, the desire to dig a little bit deeper.
0: So this has been Social Impact CX podcast episode 31 which has been part one of my conversation with Sabine Harnow of from scratch communications on the subject of cultural differences when doing customer experience work you can find sabine online on twitter her handle is at scratch underscore posts and her website for her consulting business is from scratchnet do you have thoughts or something to ask after listening to my conversation with sabine the first part of it as always you can ask a question or make a comment here at social impact cx a couple different ways First, you can send an email to comment at socialimpactcx.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-T at socialimpactcx.com. You can also find us on Twitter and post a question there. Our Twitter handle is at socialimpactcx. And please follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with new podcasts and other related content. Uh, You can find me as well on Twitter and connect with me there. My handle is at John F. Corrigan. We've expanded where you can find Social Impact CX, and so whether you're listening someplace like Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or Google Play, or SoundCloud, or YouTube, there's a place to provide a uh, a comment uh, or post a question, please do so, and we'll work on keeping up with you there. This is John Corrigan reminding you that, especially in social impact work, it's important to understand that your mission is really all about someone else's journey. And the more you know about someone's journey, the more you can help. Thanks for listening to Social Impact CX.